This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Yes, I'd like to introduce... I'd like to introduce your name. Simon Dinitz. Dinitz. Related to the former Zoli Ambassador or...? I guess somewhere along the line. Somewhere along the line. What's your name? David Zeller. David Zeller. You? I'm from Anasha Kenner. You've seen around the... Yeah. Your name? Wolf. And you're? Scott Weinberg. Scott Weinberg. You're? Jacob Lush. So you're all, what's the common denominator? DC. DC. He's the magnet. If a title was the common denominator, why aren't there a few more hundred people? That's the only, that's, that's the only issue. But, uh, so you're not from any, one, you're just DC area, that's the... Okay. Um, There's one more guy, uh, Jonathan Dorfman, he'll be here in a minute. Yeah, I know, I know Jonathan, I've seen around. Right. And, uh, okay, but it's okay to... So I guess, first of all, I'm, I'm not quite sure in terms of skills. Um, Hebrew, uh, are all of you somewhat familiar with Hebrew, not so familiar with Hebrew? Uh, I, I don't know, what's the... Uh, I think we're all... Not so. A little bit. They, they, they can you can follow along, at yeah. least. So, so um, I, I like using a text just so that it's not hanging up in the air. Feel free. My natural language is to mix in Hebrew and Yiddish sometimes. That's just the way it is. And I don't even, I try not to, but um, tell me if, I'm, if, some, if there's a word or something not clear, you know, tell me. I, I just, I'm just not conscious of it a lot of times. Um, I guess what we wanted to do was to learn something that would give us a structured view of the fundamentals of Judaism. I guess the theological fundamentals. The, um, the, 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 let me explain to you some of the trickiness of it. When we speak about fundamentals of Judaism, the first question really would be, who's the ultimate authority? Like, wh what would be the ultimate authority on Judaism, a Judaic law, Judaic theology, and so on? And the answer is one answer, and that is the Talmud. The last... It, the Bible itself, Tanakh itself, is does not have any um, doesn't have any real sense of detail. It's not about the laws. It, it has stories and prophecies, but you don't have any real exposition of, of the law, the ideas, and so on. So, so, so the Tanakh is a basis, but useless on a practical level. Um, the uh, the Talmud is the, the document, is the, is the work that sort of discusses all the details. It starts with a certain amount of material that it has a tradition from Sinai as being the explanation of the basics of Torah. And then, and then it just goes on with questions and issues inside some things, by judgment and so on. The last work that has the, uh, sort of, a, let's call it a semi canon status is the Talmud. The Talmud is the only thing that is absolutely binding. You cannot go against the ruling of a Talmud. It's as if the great court ruled and that's that. Um, the, the, uh, the, the, now, as far as the law goes, the halacha part, so, so, so the Talmud is quite explicit. There are arguments, there are unclarities, ambiguities, 
and there are arguments as to what the Talmud meant. But at least we have a handle on it. Um, and those arguments sort of filtered their, their way down to the Shulchan Aruch, and at least we have some basic sense of, of what's there. The theological underpinnings of, of, of Yiddishkeit, um, the Talmud doesn't discuss it as openly as Allah. We have stories, um, homiletics, ideas, a, a mishmash of stuff that it takes a lot of skill to sort of sort out and say, this is bottom line what it is and what it means. Maimonides' great work, Maimonides really, really stands alone, is putting together the dialogues in the Talmud in, in a cohesive whole, deciding when there's contradictions, working out the contradictions, and being consistent. His work, his entire work, which is 14 volumes, stands as a masterpiece of taking bits and pieces, making a cohesive whole out of it, and very, very logically structured material. The vast majority of his um, of, of, of his Mishnah Torah, which is his Magnus Opum, um, is deals with halach, with the law. A small fraction of it deals with theology. That's the first work. It's called Sefer Hamada, which is the book of. And the problem is the word Mada doesn't have a good translation in Hebrew. It's translated as knowledge. We'll see later. It's, it's, it's not quite the appropriate translation. But for better for it's that translation. In that Sefer Mada, he has a few... It, it works like this. He has 14 volumes, um, which this volume is called Mada, of which he has four, five, six... Um, sections in each one. The section we're dealing with is called Yesodeh HaTorah, which means Fundamentals of Torah. And it's divided into ten chapters, and uh, each chapter has a dozen, twenty, twenty-five um, separate piece, um, bits. So we're going to go, it's going to go a little slow in the beginning, and then go a little quicker. Um, now, it's called Seif Amada. Allah. Yesoda Yesodos, the, um, the, the, the foundation of all foundations, the Amud HaChachmas, and the pillar of Chachma, which loosely will translate as wisdom, Leda is to know, Sheyesha Motzirishan, that there is a prime entity, and he's brought into existence everything that exists. And anything that exists in heavens or earth, in between, came into being only because of his own true existence. That's the first piece, the first bit, so to speak. We're going to go, let's go over it much more slowly and get a sense because, because it's um, so compact, there's a lot to think about. I want to zero in not on the first words. I want to, um, you know what, maybe we will. The first question is in a religion such as Christianity, the, 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 the belief in Jesus is. Central is the central feature of the religion. Um, I, I'm not Christian, and, um, <laughs> and I can't speak for them. But the impression is that the belief in Jesus is really the most important aspect of Christianity. 
and you could do that and not keep too many mitzvahs um, and still be very, very Christian. And if you don't keep that, that, that then you're missing 90% of whatever. So I, I'm, I, I'm just sort of guessing, educated guess. By us, that's not true. The belief in God and the Ten Commandments for that, etc., are not more important mitzvahs than other mitzvahs. The, the, my, the Rambam has, has designated 13, and what they're called ikrim, in terms of fundamentals, but it's a mistake to think of them as more important as other mitzvahs. If somebody, quote-unquote, believes in the principle, doesn't do it, he's missing the main thing. In other words, it's the other way around to us. The, the belief in it is, is, is a prerequisite for fulfilling it, but doing what's right is really important. So, so why are these called fundamentals? And the answer is because as regards the mitzvahs, you can do some of them, and the other ones don't become invalid. If a person is eating kosher but can't get himself to put on tefillah every day, or if he puts on tefillah every day, can't eat kosher, what's right is right, what's wrong is wrong. There is no one, it's not like a pile of dominoes, and it's good to do everything. But each one really stands on its own. It's, it's not really connected in a, in a way where you say, how could you be putting on tefillah and not eating kosher? Well, I'll put it on tefillah and someday I'll keep kosher. They're not related that way. But these elements, these are called the foundation of Torah. If a person is keeping it but doesn't believe that that there is a God or that God has um, commanded on these things, he's missing the, 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 the pillar on which the mitzvah rests. The mitzvah becomes a meaning. That's what we'll see maybe at some point later why. So these are important. What he's dealing with in this section, which is called the foundation of Torah, is take away one of these items and everything falls apart. And, 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 and because the validity of a mitzvah, and, and let's maybe jump the gun a bit, but just important to understand it is, if, for instance, um, putting on tefillin or eating kosher or even acting nice towards another person, they are valid as a mitzvah because it, God deemed it good, God told us to do good, and this is the result of it. Take away, and we'll speak maybe some other time, wise I get, take away the command, and it loses its essence as its mitzvah. It may, be, it may be pleasant, it may be keep society well, but the content of a mitzvah rests on that there is a God, that the God has certain desires of us, that He's communicated those desires to us, and that we have the ability to figure out what they are. Those things have to fall into place, or else what you're doing may or may not be nice, but it certainly doesn't count as a mitzvah. So they're called fundamentals because of the big structure, everything rests on these things. One point. The Rambam sort of um, emphasizes that the point he's going to give now is yesoda yesodos. It's the most fundamental point of all of them. So basically, this is the bedrock on which everything is going to rest. The Amura Chachmos, and it's the column of Chachmos. I want to explain the metaphor of a column. One of the things about Maimonides is, the, he's, he, he tends to be very, very 
um, he tends to be his 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 sentences in this work are very crisp and very very sharp and you really learn a lot by any extra words he also has a poetic way of expressing himself and it's, it's unique the way it comes together he doesn't use idle poetry he, he might use a metaphor but the metaphor is rife with meaning he says it is a murachachmos it is the pillar of all the other wisdoms that's called what he means is as follows when you have a building you transmit the strength of the bedrock through the pillars, or literally, everything rests through the pillars on the bedrock. That's a, that's that's more correct. But the point is, you start with bedrock, and then you build up a hundred floors. The columns are those. So everything. If I ask, how's the person on the hundredth floor standing? The answer is, if you keep translating it through the columns and the beams, you're going to get to the floor somewhere, to the to the bedrock. So, these ideas are going to be the ideas that everything will come down to. It's, it's, you know, we will trace a mitzvah down, 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 until we get to this point. This is especially um, true of the Rambam. The Rambam, in the Guide of the Plex, he, he gives the reason for every mitzvah as almost directly indicating monotheism. That's very, very important to him. And again, we'll see later why that's so important. And, and therefore, all mitzvahs translate back down to these points. So Maimani's first point is, he says, Yisoda, Yisoda Zemurachachmus. The information and the points I'm giving now are really sort of the basis for everything else to stand and to be meaningful. And then he uses a loaded word, Leda, to know. Now, the Rambam, in, 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 in his entire work of Mishnah Torah, is really explaining the mitzvahs. At the beginning of every section, you see here, you see these, he's listing all the mitzvahs that will be discussed in this, in this chapter, in these chapters. Um, and the, sometimes it takes five chapters to explain one mitzvah, and sometimes five mitzvahs go in one chapter. But he lists, he says, I am basically, it's an exposition of how to keep these mitzvahs. And if you take a look at the first one, for those of you who read Hebrew, the first mitzvah is Leda, to know, Sheyesham Elokai, that there exists a God. I, I'd like, there's a very famous point, and, and we need to, um, we need to get to the bottom of it for it to make sense. What does it mean there's a mitzvah to know there's God? I, I mean, just to know is a very, it's a very hard verb. It, it's, 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 not a, it's not a verb of action. If I ask somebody, do you know this or not? Well, either someone told it to me or not. Either I figured it out or not. Knowledge is, 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 is sort of a, a, a verb, not an active verb in a sense. Um, to know means I have knowledge of, really. And besides which, what if, can you have a mitzvah to believe? Um, in a sense, that's what he's telling us. It's a mitzvah to know. Well, I've reasoned it, and I don't think so. I don't, you know, I don't think the evidence adds up. So what is the mitzvah? In other on two levels. The language, to know. I've been commanded to know. 
how is a person commanded to know? And secondly, and you certainly can't command somebody to believe. I mean, I can't say something, a guy says he doesn't believe, I say, well, there's a Rambam here. Rambam says you got to believe. I say, oh, I didn't know it was a Rambam. Now that I know it's a Rambam, I'm, I'm, I'm believing. It, it doesn't make any sense. You know, how is the Torah commanding us to believe? Yes. Take many guesses. There are many good answers. Yes. So to know, maybe the commandment is, I'm thinking of the Shema, the commandment is to teach your children to think about this and to put it on your doorpost so that maybe you can't command somebody to believe, but you can command your children. You can in, the commandment is to inculcate in your children from when they're little that to believe this. Your point is a good point. That is, it is important to inculcate the children. At that point, I don't think that that would be here. The, the way it, it, it has actually, it's called Vishinantol Vanepa, the teacher children. Here it does seem about the first, the person himself. Yes. Well, isn't it that you start off at possibly a belief, and at that point, through learning, you come to knowledge? So I would say the focus would be more low mode to learn about it, and because the knowing itself is up here. Yes. Well, the Rambam's whole thing was using all of your intellectual faculties to reach intellectual perfection. That's why I guess use words later. Right. But but so if it would be open ended, if the myths would be to know. And if you're an atheist at the end of the process, well, good for you, then, then I, I, then, but the Ramam says it's to know something specific. So, how did that match up? Yes. I have a question, actually. Please. Is it possible? It's a Jewish thing to answer a question with a question. There's a story about somebody, there was an old Jew on trial, and the guy asked him, you know the defendant? And he says, how should I know the defendant? So he says, were you in this place this this day? Do you think I don't have anything better to do? So the judge interrupts and he says, Mr. Goldberg, why, why are you answering every question with a question? He says, why not? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, oh, sorry, what are you saying? Um, I get, what, is it acceptable to say that knowing God could be a mitzvah that you only fulfill one time? And then after, like we were talking about before, that, you know, that knowledge is sort of passive. So once you know something, it is known to you. Or is that, does that go I, I against... Could, I could hear that. My question is, so what is the commandment? What are we told to do? What's God telling us to do? What's the Ramam telling us to do? I, I hear your point. I'm just saying the knowledge of it constitutes Yes, what else? There was so other... Maybe it's a commitment to learn. Like, the more you learn okay, more, so, the more so, obvious so, it is. So, so, so one possibility is to learn about it. Um, and, and there are many possibilities. I'm, I'm not... I mean, many, many answers have been offered. Let's go through two, three, or four of the major ones. One is to keep... Um, thinking about things and learning things that will reinforce it. For instance, a person looks into the amazing facets of nature, um, divine providence, Jewish history, etc., etc., that will constitute the, 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 the um, uh, learning about it also. That's one possibility. One. Two. Sorry, can you repeat that? Yeah, one possibility would, would be, like he said, to actively engage in the type of study that would lead you to believe it. Think about nature, think about every wonderful facet of it, think about divine providence, Jewish history, you know, things of that nature. That's one possibility. Yes? But then should the Rabbah have used language of Amuna to believe in it? But I guess the, 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 um, the process 
would be a learning process. You know, it, it, it has that answer has shortcomings, but but it, it could be. I'm not, you know, we'll, we'll consider different possibilities and and we'll work with them. Um, here's there's a second possibility that is even if you believe and your belief is based on the fact that you were brought up this way it was inculcated to you it is one of those things that to you is almost obvious it's simply because that's how you grew up that's how you understood things and so on the mitzvah is still to have a more thought out emuna. In other words, to know the details that he's presenting and so on, that's a possibility. Um, let's move on to um, something that I think is a little more, I've seen this explanation and sits a little bit better. Um, the word Leda, like we said before, in Hebrew, there are different synonyms for knowledge. There's Chachma, there's Bina, there's Das, there's Haskell, and so on. The, the, the um, Deya, many times, by, by, in Hebrew, by noting the, the, the overlapping with other words, the double meanings, we can get some feel for it. The word Das is used in the Torah the first time when it says Adam Nu Chava which means he lived with her, he physically lived with her. So the word das, there's another use of the word das that would be very relevant. It says that Yiftach was one of the, he was the leader of Israel, he went to do battle, he came, he came to a town and asked them to join in the battle. They said, uh, we're on vacation today, go to somebody else. Uh, they didn't want to turn up with him, they didn't think he would win, and they were lazy and afraid. And he said, make yourself a note that when I come back from the battle, I will make your acquaintance with some of the thorn bushes in the area. In other words, I will whip you with thorn bushes. And the word is, is I'll make you acquainted with them. The word does, there's a type of, let's give ourselves two scenarios. Let's say, um, I'm telling you, that there are thousands of kids in Sudan starving and, and living under horrible conditions in Sudan and Congo and other places. I'm sure you all, all of you agree to me. I'm sure that you will all agree to me factually. What are you doing about it? Not much. The, the only thing we do about it is condemn Israel and the UN. That's the, only, that's the only thing we do about the kids in Congo. But it's not something I will... Uh, let's say we go there and we see it. Um, we, we would do something. Why? Is, is, is it because factually you feel it's more true? It's because the word knowledge is, is, is contains, there's knowledge which is an abstract bit of information here, and that sort of is, is one way we use the word knowledge. There's something which sort of, in, in a very essential way, we, we, we feel it in a way that is not just a bit of information floating around, but it's a bit of reality that, that sort of is part of our reality. And the word and the word das in Hebrew will refer to a type of knowledge that is that type, 
As opposed to Chachman Bina, which might be more abstract wisdom, Das is a type of knowledge where the person actually, it, it's, it's real to him because it's part of his self. So that's why Adam, when I know somebody and I'm friends with somebody, there's an acquaintanceship, but when we physically mate, we are, it, it's, 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 it's the most tangible sense of the other person possible. And that's why the phrase, the phrase is borrowed too. You know, if you want to know what you did wrong, I, I will give you a very deep knowledge of that. You know, when I whip you with those thorns, you're going to really have a very, very good insight as to what you did wrong. That's sort of the line. Somebody wants to ask a job. So is it kind of like through experiencing something that dust? Like if someone or, or someone kills somebody, right. then you really get dust of murder because Correct. it's through experiencing Correct. it becomes part of you. And that's why... Correct. Now, the experience has to be when you understand what you're experiencing. A child experiences many things, they don't stay with him. There's a story, um, Kafka has a short story called The Penal Colony. I don't know if you're familiar. Now, Kafka was, was brilliant and I think crazy possibly. I don't know. Was, it, I mean, and he's Jewish. It's a d dangerous mix. And he has a fascinating picture of something, which again, it's, it's surreal, but, but there's something about it that I, I said to myself, he has, he has the, the focus of, of this penal colony is a machine of, uh, that gives a death penalty, but it does it in a very remarkable way. Um, it's like this person lays in a dead tie down, and then there is a press on top of him with needles, and you insert, uh, you insert like this, um, I guess, cutouts for different words that you want. So let's say somebody killed, you insert something which allows the needle of you shall not kill to protrude. It slowly penetrates him until he dies. And he says the remarkable moment is at the sixth hour, the needle of gone is sufficiently, and you see a flicker of awareness on the on the inmate when he realizes what he's done. Um, the the um, the story actually is there's some terrible reformer comes and says this is barbaric and gets rid of the whole machine and everything with it. That's sort of the, the end of the story. But 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 the, something about that picture struck me at uh, that illustration as being the illustration of, of Das. In other words, it's knowing something where it's not floating. So, so the Rambam is saying to reinforce. In other words, it's it's not it's it's to it's to do whatever it takes <laughs> to make this now this, these these ideas and understandings part of your reality. So the, 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 that's um, now there were many approaches in the big picture in Judaism. There were many approaches on how to do this. Um, some, there was a certain school that felt engaging in a lot of philosophical speculation about these things is what does it for you. So in the Spanish era, you have tons of works, you know, where it goes through all these arguments, could the infinite exist, could the finite exist, could the finite exist, you know, and, and those people felt that these type of things go that way. Um, some people feel that just learning these things and talking about them and getting into it makes it much more real value. Hasidim felt that a very deep emotional connection to mitzvahs and to davening does it for you. 
and it creates the same the, the same type of relationship, a very very tangible, powerful one, and that's what's important. And the rest of the stuff is not good. There are many divergent paths to it, and the reality is probably every person is different. But uh, but uh, the word later certainly denotes it's not enough to sort of have this information. It, it, it's, it's something which needs to be your gut sense of things. Um, okay. Now, so, so, so the Rambam is saying two things. Firstly, he's saying that the point of it is the mitzvah is to make these things part of yourself. And secondly, these things form the core of all the other mitzvahs and the pillar of everything else. Um, but that's still the goal. It's not, it doesn't explain the mode. It doesn't explain how you do Correct, it. correct. Now, the Rambam says, and this is, the, the Rambam in, 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 in the guide with the Lex makes the following statement. Says, he says, you cannot believe in something that you can't describe what it is that you believe in. If I say something, do you believe in God? And I say, with all my heart, to describe your God to me, I say, I don't know. The Rambam says that that, that is uh, a, 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 it's a, it's so contradictory. Um, you, you may not be able to fathom God, you may not be able to prove it, but if I can't describe what I believe in, so when I say I believe in a complete faith, the question is what? I believe in God. Well, what is God? How do you describe God? What is the Torah that he gave us? You know, how do you give it? What do you give it? All of these things, and, and basically that's what the Rambam is doing in these, in these chapters. He's basically sketching out some sort of framework of what it is that we believe in. Um, yes? So how do we know when we've gotten to knowledge versus belief? Is that... So I don't think there's any one point where you could say boom, um, but it's a process, and I believe it's a lifelong process. I, I, the, I think the purpose of the big picture is that you absorb these things until they become very much part and parcel of you. And just like when you're learning a foreign language, you first have to look up the words, then you grow for the words, then you speak a little more slowly, and at some point it just you blurt it out because that's become part of you. Yes, I'm sorry. So, so, so it, it, I mean, there's. A, by the way, I just wanted to. The 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 Hasidim who did not in like. They were not pro this type of, 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 of you know, they, they, they shied away from speculation and they very much focused on emotional performance. They, they use a Pusik in, in Malachim. It says, Da Elokei Know the know the God of your fathers and worship Him. So they interpret it as the act of worshiping a God of your fathers is that which is going to make it. It's going to create the idea. Um, there was yes. I just wanted to ask, what about in particular about to see this in time? Okay, so let's let's actually. I guess we we have only a few minutes left. I have to go to quarter two. So let's discuss it because it's sort of. We, we, we mapped out two or three possibilities of how people felt the right direction was. Um, one direction was philosophical speculation. One direction was um, uh, a very intense emotional worship of 
worship of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, davening and doing mitzvahs with a lot of warmth and inspiration, so on and so forth. A third that it, it, I will mention is some people felt very strongly that doing mitzvahs as meticulously as possible is going to give it to you because it doesn't make sense that God commanded us to do mitzvahs and then we have to look elsewhere for religious inspiration reinforcement. And therefore, the, the act of doing the mitzvah somehow gives it to you. Um, whether we understand how or not, it's, it's irrelevant. That, that was a school of thought. He asked what about Chabad. Chabad was actually unique. Um, and let me explain a little bit where they were coming from. Um, Chabad was a reaction to the heavy emotional Hasidus. Um, he felt the, the Balatanya was one of the was third generation Hasidim. Balshemto, and then there was two after him, and then there was a group uh, by the Maggid, and he's one of them in the Maggid. He said it has to be cerebral because emotions, by definition, are ephemeral. They're not real. They, they are. They can be expressions of something real, but they're not real themselves. If if I if I um, if I take you and I say, listen, find the first name again, Jacob. Jacob, let's be happy. I'm gonna get two bottles of scotch. We're gonna go to a, a really excited, and we're gonna be happy. Well, you might be dancing, you might be singing. But they're not happy because you're going to ask me, well, if you put in the bill, I know what I'm happy about. But if you've got to split the bill, what are you happy about? <laughs> not, nothing to be happy about there. So, so, so the happy hour is, is, is based on what? So he said the real way to it is to think, but not outside philosophical speculation about God, because that's very outside. Rather, he drew from Kabbalah. A, a certain segment of ideas, and and a person, the, the, the ideal Chabad, old time um, philosophy was the way to worship God is as follows: you sit down two hours before davening, you, you study really hard. A, what they called Hasidus was sort of a a Kabbalah text shoot over and give it over in a certain way, which sort of enhances the sense of the grandeur of God. And when you get into it and you're really excited, now's the time to doubt it. He met actually, this is part of history, sort of a little swept on the rug, he met tremendous opposition from his own, um, he had a, a very close Rebbe, uh, a, a, a colleague, so somebody who was semi-Rebbe, semi-colleague, who was abhorred at what he did, and he wrote very sharp letters, you're taking us back, this is not what the Velshemta wanted, you, you, you know, it's, uh, you're re regressing to this cerebral type of engagement, which is not right, maybe for a few people, but be it as it may, that was their philosophy. It's changed radically. Two generations ago, Rebbe Yosef um, made a U-turn, and he said, what's needed now is outreach, simple keeping of mitzvahs. There's a profound learning of Hasidus, but certainly even the last one, we certainly de-emphasized it. I mean, it, it's, it's on the books that it is important, but, but their emphasis was to do what they do now. And he, and he told somebody, I, I know somebody who was one of the first people who studied under the Rebbe. This person is no longer about Hasid, but he was very close. And he said, that he once asked the Rebbe about it, the Rebbe said, 
I believe today quantity is a lot more important than quality. And the old-time Chabad, which was a very elitist movement of people that were very bright, very introspective, and they never had more than a handful in any one place because very few people could, could, could do what they were asked to do, changed very radically, and maybe that's a challenge for our generation. You know, I, I don't know. You know it's not, but I was saying those were different approaches to, to give over that same sense of it. Um, there's another school of thought, sort of a sub-school of the doing the mitzvahs, was studying the the the, um, the Talmud, and it's on all its halachas gives you a very deep connection with God, and not philosophical type of things. You know, those are all different uh, different approaches, but at the end of the day, I they all meant to get to the same point, which is not just I can tell you information. Well, I've worked it out, and I think God is good. I want to give a little bit of a muscle. I think it's important muscle to bear in mind. When somebody is dating a woman to get, dating a woman with the intention of possibly getting married, the person is skeptical. The person is rethinking the values and shortcomings of the particular young lady or young man, you know, the, the whatever. And the decision is based really by sitting down and sort of tallying, you know, what I think the reasons why it makes sense to marry a certain woman, why not? And, and that's a very, very reasonable approach. If somebody's been married 10 years, good marriage, um, and I sit down and I ask him, okay, can you give me now the reasons, the pros and cons of having her as a wife? The person will answer you, it's not that type of relationship, it's my wife. Um, and uh, unless there's a problem that threatens a marriage, um, I just don't think about it this way. It's a given. It's my wife because my wife, because we're connected. We have family together, we have children together, we work together, we struggle together, we enjoy together, and that's that. It, 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 it's, it is, there is... The Abraham Avinu came to God through a process, through a thought process. Because when you're an outsider, I can't ask you to believe unless you actually, unless the mind makes some sort of guide, and, and it's going to be the process of pros and cons and so on. But when I'm in it, and maybe at some point we'll, we'll see there's a beautiful Kuzari who speaks about the difference between Aristotle's God and Abraham's God. When you're in it already, then, then you're not, um, you don't, it's not the mindset with which to deal with it. Um, it's, it's a, you're connected. And, and somehow along the lines, that is the goal. The goal is that the person be connected to it and, and move from sort of just paper and pencil, pro and con, and, and you know, sort of mocking the, the, the values to actually become a part of it. Okay, I think we'll hold it here. We're still in the middle. It's going to go a little slow in the beginning, obviously, because it's more fundamental. But um, I'm not, I, I bet God willing, I'll be at the most Sundays. I had planned not to be here this Sunday. The way it looks the weather now, I probably will be here, but I'm, you know, I'm not sure. So um, this Sunday might be up there, but by and large, I hope to be here. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Okay.